What is going on, friends and fans? Glad to have you here with us on another edition of the Ad Sales Nation podcast. Straight ahead, your listener questions. Orlando from New Mexico asking, how much is too much when prospecting a client? Tiffany from MSP, it seems like every salesperson out there has a slide deck. What are the winning components of a winning slide deck? We got that answer. Brian from Sydney, Australia, getting mixed messages from his sales manager. And uh, Mike Obert from OpenLook and I are going to dissect that. Then we've got Charity Huff, and we're going to be digging in deep on the questions you should ask to really advance the digital sale. We're going to talk about getting longer-term contracts as well. And then this month is all about mental fitness. Are you in a sales rut? Are you not achieving the goals that you really want to achieve? Maybe you're just mentally fatigued. Hey, friends, we're going to talk in detail about that. I'm going to dig deep and share some interesting insights. Seven tips uh, to get mentally tough, mentally strong, and to get yourself out of a sales rut. That and so much more straight ahead here on the Ad Sales Nation podcast. Stick around. Stay close. Here we go. From the Brainswell Media Studios, welcome to Ad Sales Nation with your host, Ryan Dorn. Each month, Ryan digs deep on the issues and challenges facing media salespeople like you every day. Ryan is a 28-year media veteran, an Emmy winner, a sales coach, and he still sells media every day just like you. Now, your host, your coach, your fellow media sales warrior, Ryan Dorn. All right, Deborah, thanks so much for that great introduction. Appreciate it, friends. Lots of great stuff straight ahead. And uh, hey, if you haven't signed up yet for the Super Niche Conference happening in Denver, I think we only have like 15 or 20 rooms left. Um, it's really doing well. We've uh, already got uh, uh, close to 150 people signed up, and the room block is almost full. We're going to have a great time September 14 through 16 in Denver, Colorado at the Super Niche Media Conference, sales training, like 25 sessions, sales training, a publisher's track, a revenue ideas track, an events track. So come and join us, and we're going to have a party at the Broncos Stadium as well. going to be a ton of fun. All right, great stuff ahead from Charity and Mike and your listener questions. But this month, a kind of a bit of a, a, a rather serious uh, topic, getting out of a sales rut as well as your mental fitness because, you know, we really need to explore the intersection of, of mental health in our sales world, as well as sales fatigue that has really plagued us you know, quite a bit, uh, friends, unfortunately, um, all through COVID and now as we move into post-pandemic selling. So I think um, that mental health is such an important subject that I actually wrote about it in my column this month in Editor and Publisher Magazine. Uh, whether you're in broadcasting, print, newspapers, magazines, hey, make sure you're subscribing to Editor and Publisher Magazine. We're really discussing you know, our work life, our, our sales life. And I just want everybody to understand, I am not a clinically trained therapist in any way, shape or form. Now, I do hold uh, an ACC certification from the International Coach Federation. I'm very proud of that. But my intention in talking about this is really to provide some inspiration to those of you that might have found yourself in a sales rut or maybe you're, you're mentally fatigued at work or in life is we're kind of getting back to some level of normal selling uh, here across America. So, now, if you're experiencing significant mental fatigue or issues related at all to your mental well-being, friends, please immediately seek professional advice. And at the end of uh, this uh, podcast, I'll give you a little bit more information on places you can go uh, to find some help, help and also put it in the sales notes. My comments um, are near and dear to my heart, and I dedicate this podcast to my fellow media sales warrior, Chris Adkins, who took his life amidst a vibrant media sales career. And Chris, you are missed every single day, every day. All right. The National Institute of Mental Health 
reports that 31% of respondents reported symptoms of anxiety or depression throughout COVID. 13% reported that having started or increased substance abuse, they started substance abuse at one point or another. 26% of survey respondents reported stress-related symptoms. And 11% reported having serious thoughts of suicide in the past 30 days. Now, what's interesting about these numbers, sad, right, is these numbers are nearly double the rates expected that they thought would happen throughout the pandemic. And, you know, So friends, this is a real problem. And when we get into a sales rut and then we add into that our mental fatigue, there could be a recipe for disaster. So what can we do to get out of this circumstance? First is we all need to recognize this is a very much a, a human issue. I mean, friends, I mean, you're probably like me. We all have those days, right? Weeks and months sometimes when you just don't feel like doing much of anything, much less selling. Now, it doesn't matter if you're selling a copy machine or you're selling advertising. I mean, some days you just don't feel like doing it. <laughs> you know, have you had one of those days? Um, if you haven't, you probably have not been selling as long as me or not much at all. It's really pretty normal. Friends, you're not alone out there. So what do you do? Is there a way to find yourself out of a sales rut, to get more mentally uh, fit, if you will? And I think there's a way to really push through the mental fatigue uh, as well. The answer, in my, in my opinion, is we can do this. We can do it together. You can do it. You can do it. Rather than blame this dilemma on the pandemic or on your advertisers or clients, it's probably better for all of us uh, out there in sales land really to recognize that we're just normal people. Uh, we've chosen a career that many would never take for any amount of money. And, and I always end the podcast every month with, you know, if ad sales was easy, everybody be doing it. If sales was easy, everybody be doing it. We're the chosen few out there. We're, we're a little crazy sometimes, right? You know, but we found careers, friends, that'll feed our families for, for a lifetime. I mean, I really believe it. I don't just say it as sort of a sign off. I tell my ad sales coaching clients all the time that, you know, I go where I go. Uh, I go where I want to go. I eat where I want to eat. I vacation where I want to eat all because of, of sales. And I've been doing it for 30 years, sales and marketing. So, you know, here's seven things that I'd love to share with you as some thoughts as to what you can do to get out of a sales rut and get yourself, you know, better uh, and push yourself through some of this mental uh, fatigue out there. All right. First idea. I want you to really connect with others in the sales business. The first thing for every sales rep is to recognize that sales ruts are super normal. Um, we're normal people and they happen to everybody. So you are a unique person, but the circumstance in situation as far as a sales rut goes or being mentally fatigued in sales, it's not unique at all. You are human. You are not alone. These things happen to me. They happen to the people that I coach. It happens to all of us. It's really important, in my opinion, to surround yourself with, with other people that understand where you're coming from. Love my wife. 26 years of married and married. She's just a, the greatest, greatest you know partner I could have. She doesn't really understand the sales game. Whenever I mention sales things, she's always like, eh, you know, sales, I'm glad you like it because she doesn't like it. Unfortunately, often those around us can't sympathize very much because they really don't know, you know, what it's like. They don't really know what we're going through. So think about it. If every day you're guaranteed a paycheck, which we're not, then you're not going to go through what we go through on a regular basis in our mind and in our life, right? So we live and die by our sales activity. Nothing is a guarantee in sales. Um, so having a few mutual connections that are also in the sales business is really important, in my opinion, to, to long-term sanity. And it goes without saying that, you know, when you surround yourself with negativity, you'll get negativity. So I'm not suggesting that. 
I just truly believe it's an important piece of the puzzle. You need to find some networking groups, etc. So there's a website out there. I'll put it in the show notes, jobstars.com. And if you search the site, jobstars.com, you can look for sales professional associations and a great article there. And I'll put it in the show notes as well. A great article on finding sales networking organizations um, across the country to network with other sales professionals so that you can sort of commiserate together, so to speak. Okay, second idea of seven. I think you need to change your frequency. If you're in a sales rut, if you're feeling like mentally fatigued, change your frequency. If you've ever had the opportunity to read the book, it's called The Secret. Not the, not the Netflix series, not that, 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 that there, the book. You'll understand a little bit more about what I'm talking about. So now, let me preface this. <laughs> Even if you feel like that book is a lot of hocus pocus, um, which I know that some people do, I really do feel that it is based... Uh, in in some level part of, of reality. I, I really feel like there's a universal understanding that when you continue to do the same thing over and over again and you expect a different result, you're doing what? Right. You're like redefining or trying to redefine non-clinical the version of insanity. Many of the salespeople that I personally coach will find themselves on the wrong frequency. They just will. They're on the wrong channel. Uh, they've been doing the same thing. They're over and over. They're expecting a different res- result and they just can't figure out What's going, you know, what's going wrong? So whether you believe that life operates on certain planes or frequencies, I mean, friends, I mean, that's really up to you. But I can tell you that changing things up, changing your frequency can be part and parcel to your success getting out of those sales ruts. So recently um, I was working with a fantastic sales professional um, that found herself in a bit of a uh, sales rut. And I encouraged her to change a few things up. I said, hey, Uh, leave home at a different time, Uh, drive a different direction to work, listen to a different kind of music on your way to work, change your coffee, Uh, park in a different parking spot, wear a different outfit to work than you would normally wear. I mean, all of these little factors contribute to you looking at things in a different different direction, to looking at things, I guess I could say, from a different perspective. What's really interesting is that we're creatures of habit, so much so that some of those habits become like so ingrained in our lives that even though we're doing the same thing over and over again, we just, we just don't see it. Now here's the thing. So after 48 hours of, of doing these, these things, um, she was able to see a real difference. She closed a couple of deals. So was it the coffee? Eh, you know, uh, was it the, the magic parking spot out there? Yeah. You know, probably not. Um, I don't think that this is a conspiracy theory, a matrix kind of thing. You know, there's a glitch in the matrix, you know, Um, Although I have experienced that. (laughs) Have you? A a lot of times I think it's just about us retraining our brain to see things from just a little bit different uh, perspective. Third thing for you is I like to call clients that love me. I mean, this is easy advice. You just follow it. You know, I mean, all of us have advertisers that we love. In, in, In some cases, I've been in the wedding of some of my favorite clients. I mean, after all, sales is a game of relationships with quality people and quality relationships. I mean, do I love all my clients? Do I love all my advertisers? I mean, the answer is no, I don't. But I do have a select group of clients that I love and I enjoy. I'd spend time with them regardless of whether I did business with them. When I'm in a sales rut and I'm having a bad sales day, those friends, those are the people that I call. Fourth idea of seven for you, working lists of clients. Now, you've heard me talk about this a thousand times on the podcast, so just do it. Within any competent CRM system, a customer relationship management system, I mean, with any competent CRM, you can form a list of customers. If you can't abandon that CRM, 
So as I've shared in the past, I have three lists that I work on a daily basis. My prospecting list, my in-progress list, and my active retention list. Prospects, they're prospects. In, in progress are people that I've proposed to, that I'm following up with. Active are my actives. So when you get into a rut, it's usually you lose focus and you start doing random things. That's not the secret to success. When you find yourself doing random things, you want to get refocused. Lists allow you to refocus. Now, my goal is not to work a list from 10 to 0. I'm always going to have a list of 10 or 20 or whatever. My goal is to have a list in front of me to maintain my focus. You get the focus back. Usually you get the mojo back. You get the mojo back. You get back out of your rut and you get back to selling. So working those lists is really important. Number five of seven. I want you to consider changing categories. Now, that doesn't mean throw everything out that you're doing now. I'm just suggesting in addition to the list that I work on a daily basis, I'll also often change my sale approach on categories that I sell. Personally, I like to trade accounts with other people on my team. The reason for this is because I'm going to give an account to Joe. Joe's going to give an account to me. Joe's going to make one phone call, Joe or Jill, whatever. And then they're going to close the deal that I should have probably had. Well, I mean, that's that's just kind of the way it goes. That's why I want to trade. I also want to get out of certain categories. And the reason that I really want to get out of certain categories is, quite honestly, they, they get boring. And when you get bored within your categories, then all of a sudden you lose focus. And so if it's possible, I like to change that up a little bit. Maybe one uh, time I'm, I'm trying to work in the banking sector, and then maybe I also sell into financial services. Just change categories up. Talk about it as a team. You might find that other people are bored, stagnant, in a rut as well. Just changing the scenery by calling on a different category can often really re-inspire you to do some, some really cool things. Okay, number six of seven. You're going to like this, but you're going to go, well, duh, I know that. So then do it, you know? That's a lot of things about advice, like do it. Get some sleep. Seriously. Sleep experts, I researched it from the Mayo Clinic, will tell us that a lack of focus or mental fatigue can often be traced back to a lack of sleep. I mean, don't fool yourself. I mean, you're human, but most adults need seven or more hours of sleep a night. Um, you know, if you're like me, like a typical salesperson, end of the day, I'm going to have a couple cocktails, I'm going to have a good meal, and then I'm going to watch television, stay up late doing something, binge watching something on Netflix or whatever. That's completely normal, right? But I'm an eight hour sleep kind of guy. And I was diagnosed with sleep apnea not that long ago, um, a couple years back, I guess. And I got a CPAP machine, which I thought was going to be awful. And then I realized I hadn't dreamed for seven years because I wasn't getting REM sleep. I wasn't getting eight hours of good quality sleep. Now I dream. Great dreams, by the way. Now I dream about all kinds of fun things. And I dream about selling and I dream about winning. And, and that's really important. Can I function on six hours? Well, yeah, of course I can. But I need eight hours. And now I know that I need those eight hours. Is this a 101 kind of thing? Yeah, it is, of course. But do you do it? Do you really do it? Sometimes I've got to ask my wife, like, hey, I got to go to bed early tonight. I got to get eight hours. And she's like, okay, cool. It's a, it takes a village to accomplish things sometimes, right? So you may just need to do it as a team because when your home life is good, usually your work life is pretty good. When your work life is good, usually that translates into a good home life as well. Sometimes those are mutually exclusive, but I find that they tend to weave uh, into each other on a pretty, pretty regular basis. All right, number uh, seven for you, idea number seven here. Getting back to the basics, and this is probably the point in the podcast, hopefully you don't shut the podcast off, but the point in the podcast, you're probably like, okay, thanks, what, what does that mean? Well, I find when things aren't going well, it's a common practice for salespeople like you, like me, 
don't forget now, I still sell every day to take sort of random sales approaches and just kind of throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. And I call that a spaghetti sales strategy. And this is absolutely bad sales strategy, whether you're new or old in the sales business. There are friends, there are fundamental pieces to the sales game that you have to be, that, that you have to achieve in order for you to be successful. Going back to the basics, things like, are your emails short and simple and to the point? Are your emails and voicemails relevant to the exact needs of the customer? Or are you trying to sell them something? Are you a helper or are you a salesperson? Are you contacting your customers at the optimal time of day for them, not for you? Like, for example, are you always calling them, say, at, at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. when the business structure is such in most businesses that 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. work better? Are you selling strictly on the phone? Are you trying to get them on Zoom? Are you like, everybody is, you know, we're tired of, you know, everybody's Zoom fatigue. So I don't want to talk anymore about it because Zoom fatigue is, is real and I just want to be on the phone. So sometimes it's about going back to the basics. How about face-to-face meetings? Are you doing face-to-face meetings or are you just on Zoom? If you have the ability to be face-to-face, get out there. I mean, these are just a few of the basics that you need to wrap your head around if you're going to be successful and get back to the, you know, get kind of back on the old sales horse and, and ride to that victory. And I think it's important. Look back at your sales life. What are the three things that worked best for you in the past? Go back and friends, just really look at them, you know, real closely. So, Connect with others in the sales business, number one. Number two, change your frequency. It's not hocus pocus. I mean, it's real. Three, call somebody that loves you. Call a client that loves you. Number four, work lists of clients. Create focus. Number five, maybe find some new categories to work. Ask for some help there. Number six, get some sleep. And then number seven, you may just need friends. You just may need to go back to the basics. In the end, you control you. I, I mean that so much so that I bought the domain name, youcontrolyou.com. There's nothing there, but I own the name for to use it at some point. While other people around you influence you, friends, in the end, the decisions you make are the decisions that you're going to make. Please, please don't settle for the statement. It is what it is. I don't accept that for myself. I don't accept it from my family, and I'm not going to accept it from you. It is what it is. That's not how things work. You need to believe it is what it is you make it. All right, friends, don't forget, if sales was easy, everybody be doing it, and they're not. We are the chosen few out there. We found careers that'll feed our families for a lifetime. All right, I'd be a pretty terrible sales coach if I didn't have uh, some sponsors here of the podcast. So if you would, give me 60 seconds, let me pay some bills, and we'll be right back with Charity Huff and Mike Obert uh, answering your listener questions right after this. We'll be back. The Ad Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by the strategy and design team at Web Publisher Pro. When it's time for your media company to have a top-notch website that is designed for optimal revenue potential, Turn to David and the creative team at Web Publisher Pro. Learn more online at webpublisherpro.com. Thank you to the team over at Open Look Business Solutions. Outsource sales tasks, data cleanup, telemarketing, design tasks, or hire a virtual assistant. Reach out to Mike at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Thank you to the fine folks at January Spring. If you are looking to grow revenue by offering white-label digital services like SEO, social media, or programmatic ads, reach out to Charity over at JanuarySpring.com. 
Charity loves to strategize about growing revenue. You sell it and January Spring fulfills it. Learn more online at JanuarySpring.com. Okay, now back to the show. Here's your sales coach, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends and fans, it is that time of the program, every single episode, where we dial in January Spring founder, Charity Huff uh, from Denver. And uh, we appreciate you joining us, um, Charity, and thanks so much for being here. Sure, appreciate it. Love being here. Thank you. So I've got a couple of questions for you, if you don't mind. We got some listener questions uh, this month, all related to what you do out there in the digital advertising uh, ecosystem. Love to throw them your way. Um, the first one that I, I feel like a lot of reps are not asking the right questions on these sales calls. And what I'm wondering is if maybe there's some sort of go-to questions specifically as it relates to digital and programmatic that you really feel like every rep should be asking when they're out there on the street. You know, this is how you set yourself up for truly a one call close where you can go in and make your presentation, get the buy-in, get the commitment and do it in that one meeting. Mm -hmm. And we call it our pre-prep questionnaire. And really what we're going through is you're dissecting the components of a really good digital campaign and make sure that you ask some of these questions okay. and there's stuff that carries over into print um, and all of that. So the first one I always ask just to make sure I'm qualifying um, the, the advertiser is what kind of geofencing have you done for your business in the past? Okay. And we have buzzboard and prep stuff that we do so we can help them to say we know they're buying digital display. But by asking the geofence question, you get a sense of how sophisticated the advertiser is. Because if they know what geofencing is, then they're going to tell you what they've done. If they give you like the blank, I have no idea, then you know <laughs> that you need to start with educating them. So that's always a really good one because then you can set yourself up and say, geofencing is amazing technology. We draw a virtual boundary around a physical location, whether it's an event or your competitor. And that's how we can pick up the exact people that you're looking to reach. Let's dig in a little bit more and let me make sure I understand who those people are because I can also build you a curated audience that is based off of demographics, interests, and buying behavior. And if I know exactly what your ideal customer looks like, I can reach them in their home using that same geofencing technology. So talk to me about who those people are. Makes sense. And, right? Like that, how long did that take me? Like less than a minute yeah. to like lay that out. And then that's the phone conversation you have. That's that initial, just as I'm getting ready to set my appointment with you, let me make sure I have this info. Makes sense. Yeah. I think it's better than saying, tell me what you know about programmatic <laughs> because right. just the word in and of itself uh, causes some people to slightly choke. But you know, one thing you said though, that I don't want to gloss over Tell, tell us, tell me, you mentioned something about a buzz board, looking at their stuff in advance. Tell yeah. me a little bit more about that. I'm not exactly following you on that. So sorry. So part of what we do with our sales teams is we pay for a subscription to Buzzboard. Okay. And Buzzboard is a digital snapshot of any business online. And it's pretty deep. It goes in and it'll tell you not only all of like about their website and their ratings and reviews and kind of reputation stuff, but it digs in and it tells you how much money they're spending on search, hmm. how much money they're spending in digital display and how much money they're spending spending in social. So from that report that we help you prep with, you can then know this is about how much money this budget 
um, contains. I'll give you an, an example. I was working with one of our Midwest publishers this morning. We pulled the buzzboard and we could see that this, um, this, um, resort market mm -hmm. was buying around 200,000 monthly impressions on Google and with their local broadcaster. Wow. And so then we could put together a really competitive proposal that included those pieces plus her own audience and really put together a compelling presentation all before she even talked to the advertiser. Wow. I mean, that allows you to really show up prepared and not right. and not to be asking to our original point on this, not to be asking a bunch of just standard open ended questions. Tell me about your needs. Tell me about your goals. I mean, it really allows you to dig in pretty quickly, which charity I love because I'm noticing now out there, my younger buyers, older buyers doesn't matter. I'm getting a lot of folks that kind of just, hey, bud, can you cut to the chase? Like, what do you got? Right. But I noticed that it also leads into I know that I'm getting and I think you had mentioned that you're getting a lot of folks that are getting pushback on longer term contracts. Mm -hmm. So this type of data really preps that call to help with, you know, pushing through on that. Are, are your reps reporting back to you like mine are that it's tough to get longer term contracts? Yeah. And we hear that regularly. And then we're doing a ton of four legged zoom calls. I mean, that's the one good thing about everybody being comfortable with zoom is it's easy for us to come in and ride right alongside you. And it doesn't seem weird because we're in different places and every time my sales directors and I, as when we're on those calls, we'll say, we're going to ask for a year's buy and then we'll retreat based off of the discussion and the reps, every time their eyes get huge, like, I can't believe she's going to do this. And every time I'm not exaggerating, you get an acknowledgement and a that's interesting. We're putting our 2022 budget together and then you'll get whatever the reaction is. I want to plan for the rest of 2021. So great. Let's do a six month. I'm planning for Q4. Let's do that. But you don't get a hard no. So now you've opened the door to where you can say very clearly like, okay, here is my contract, my proposal to you. I built it off of that 12 month discussion we had. We're going to do quarterly campaigns. You can change things up. This is going to be something that we manage together over the next year. But mentally, you've already got that business owner saying, I know I'm going to spend this much money with this publication. It makes sense. It's sort of the whole ask not, get not. I talk about it all the time. Every single time I check into a hotel, I always ask them, hey, any chance? Is there an upgrade available? Kind of had a long day. I would say eight out of 10 times, I end up staying in like big, big, awesome rooms. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and things like that. Ask not, get not. But the other thing, friends that are listening today uh, to this, if you start with 12, then you go to say six. You start with six, maybe they end up at three. You start with three, you end up at one. Right. You know, so exactly. you always want to go in big and then and not, not uh, negotiate against yourself. The other thing, though, Charity, is a lot of times we just mess with our own heads. OK, mm -hmm. so in the podcast uh, this month, we're talking about mental fitness, mental fatigue and getting out of sales ruts. And a lot of times you mess with yourself. You're like, oh, the last five calls. I've only got a three month contract. So that's all I'm going to ask for. And my thought is this, you know, top down selling, start with the CEO and get passed down, start with 12 months and end up at six or start with six and maybe end up at three, but ask not, get not start big, go big or go home, I guess is the, is the circumstance. <laughs> go big or go home. And it it's working for us when, and sometimes it's just having 
the confidence to ask for it. And because we ask for it regularly, we get it more often. And we're just trying to show the reps that we're riding with is ask for it because there's no harm in asking. Nobody's offended. No. They just then talk you through their budget cycle, their decision-making process. Like they, they will open up to you and help you to figure out what they should do. A lot about sales, in my opinion, is being bold. Now, you don't, I think there's a difference between being brash and being right. bold. And so I just want to encourage everybody that's listening, you know, be, be bold. That's what we're talking about. Charity and I, when you meet us in person, that's who we are as people. We're bold people. We're not afraid to ask. Now, we're not rude um, or something like that. We're just bold. No, and we've done our homework. We know what they should be spending. We know what their competitors are spending. So you're not like just throwing out a random number. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's, it's something that we have educated. We have educated ourselves enough to put this together for you. Here are our recommendations. So asking questions, providing recommendations, and I think you've got a, a good, good, um, you know, um, a formula for success, uh, so to speak. So that's awesome. Hey, so I'm looking forward to seeing you in your hometown of Denver uh, coming up in uh, September. That's going to be awesome for the super uh, niche conference. And I know it's you're gonna still, be so uh, fun. it's going to be a lot of fun. And I know you love to strategize with folks. So if you don't mind, just uh, give the call outs of where people can find you and how to get a hold of you if they want to strategize with you and your team. Would love that. And we'll see you in Denver. You can always reach out to us, JanuarySpring.com. Awesome. All right, my friend. Well, I sure appreciate the conversation. I know that people always get, they tell me all the time via email or in person, they always get a lot out of our conversations. So thank you, Charity. Appreciate you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'll see you soon. All right, friends and fans, last but definitely not least in the podcast every single month is uh, our friend Mike Obert from Open Look Business Solutions. Uh, to get online with us here and join us and answer some of your listener questions that you sent over to Ryan at RyanDorn.com. And, and I did get a, a, not a complaint per se, Mike, but somebody's like, uh -oh. you know, I submitted two questions. You didn't answer them. So I'll just say, hey, friends, um, we get, oh, gosh, 20 or 30 a month. And so I kind of look at them and figure out which ones kind of are duplicated. Um, but uh, rest assured, we'll get to all your questions at, uh, at some point. I, I promise you that. So, hey, Mike, how are things, uh, how are things going uh, at OpenLook? Uh, things at OpenLook are great. We are having a, a pretty good 2021. Um, here in Texas, it feels like things have completely opened back up. <laughs> I've gone to dinner a few times and not nice. even taken a mask. So no, that's, yeah, things are good. That's great. Yeah. I'm excited about, um, sort of, if you will, the new normal, um, I'm looking forward to, uh, seeing you at super niche in, uh, in Denver. Uh, for those of you that, uh, that don't know, uh, Mike has been a part of the super niche family and conference. Um, gosh, Mike, basically almost since the very beginning, I would think I got a lifetime achievement award. Yeah. I think I've been to almost every super niche. That's awesome. I did. Oh yeah, you did get that. That's right. So congratulations. I don't even know that I've received one of those, so I don't think I can give it to myself, but, uh, <laughs> but that's, that's September 14 <laughs> through 16 friends. Uh, go over to nichemediaevents.com if that's something you're uh, you're interested. I mean, in, so. I think it's going to be a great event, Ryan. I think you got a lot of pent up demand. I think people are ready to get back out and start talking business. That's awesome. Well, hey, no better place to get out in the wide open spaces uh, than in Denver, and uh, we're going to the Broncos Stadium. Going to have a party down there, um, and lots twenty five sessions is going to be going to be a blast. So some of the questions we're asking today are going to actually be answered in some of our sales sessions at a super niche. Uh, so we've got breakout sessions every day for salespeople. So uh, we've got a question from Orlando, uh, from New Mexico, Tiffany from Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Brian um, from Sydney, Australia. So um, let's dig in, uh, Mike, on these questions. Let's All right. Um, Orlando, 
uh, from New Mexico asked this question, Mike, how much is too much when it comes to contacting a sales prospect? How much is too much when it Man, comes to contacting question. a sales prospect? Yeah, Mike, go ahead. You, you kick this one off. So, yeah, I, I am a, uh, of course, you want to be uh, understanding and not overwhelm a prospect, but man, I don't know if there's too much that you can actually send out. It might be a method of how you're trying to reach these people. So, I mean, if you're continually calling people and, you know, phone call after phone call after phone call and getting no response, then it's probably a good time to change your method of either sending a text message or an email or sending something in the mail, something to get their attention. So I don't know if it's, there's too much, when it comes to contacting a sales uh, prospect, but I think it's more of what are the different methods that I can actually reach out to somebody and touch base with them. Yeah, methodology and strategy, Orlando, really go kind of hand in hand. One of the strategic things that I do is I try not to reach out more frequently than like say every three business days, which is an odd number being used on an odd, you know, seven days in a week, five days in a business week. So when you use an odd number on an odd number, you're usually not going to hit on the same day in any given sequence because of the nature of that. So I really like to do kind of every three business days. I agree with Mike that you might change up your methodology and what you're doing. And I think the other thing, and Mike, we've talked about this um, at length, is relevancy. And that is making sure that if you're going to reach out a lot, that you're relevant in your outreaches. And a lot of times people are just real generic. How do you feel about being relevant in the outreaches, Mike? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like yeah, I, a lot of times I don't want to be classified as, oh, here comes that sales guy and he's going to try and sell me right. something. I want to be that guy of like, hey, I've got information. I've got something that you might be interested in. And I'm not trying to sell you my product or my service right now. I'm trying to give you information to help your business. Right. And I think that's an important phrase, you know, in there as well. So that's good. All right. Orlando from New Mexico. Hope that uh, that helps you. And it's Go get him, Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely something to look back at the previous podcast about as well. We've kind of dug into it. So good question. All right. So uh, Tiffany uh, sent her next question. Our next question in uh, from MSP Minneapolis, St. Paul. Lots of friends and clients up there. Here's Tiffany's question for us, Mike. It seems like every salesperson has a sales slide deck of some kind. Fair enough. What do you feel are the important elements of a sales slide deck? Um, Mike, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll grab this one real quick and then give your get your yeah. thoughts uh, as well. Go ahead. Yeah, so, go for it. So, Tiffany, I don't believe that every sales circumstance de de demands a sales slide deck. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, if you are going to have a deck, I always tell people you need to be 10 slides or less, more than that, and you're going to you know really lose somebody. But I believe one of the key elements is the first slide in every deck needs to show your clients, whoever your clients are, lots of logos. Now, people refer to it as, oh, that's logo soup or whatever. And what I find is um, I don't want to create logo soup on that slide. I want to I want to show them some key clients of ours that we've been able to help. And then I want to use those clients throughout my presentation in an ethical way. So let's just say as an example that one of my clients is Kroger grocery stores. I then am going to talk about how fond I am of Kroger. I'm then going to talk throughout the deck and reference back to them as I talk about products, as I talk about pricing. Of course, I want to be ethical in everything that I share. 
But I believe that the fear of missing out, FOMO, is something really important. So for me, one of the critical components of any sales deck is going to be success stories, using the success stories as a piece. And then for me, the second thing that I'll share on this is as little text as possible. Um, I'm not a fan of text. Now, I use text in my training. It's a little bit different. On my sales deck, I'm a big fan of pictures. Limit the text, lots and lots of pictures uh, to be able to explain your point. But the third thing and final thing, and then I'll throw it to Mike for his thoughts, in every slide deck that's not even there is unsharing your screen. If you're doing a Zoom call, a virtual call, you want to unshare your screen a lot so that your face comes back big. There's really nothing worse um, than you always being that little person in the, you know, in, in the corner. Now, Mike, I'd love to ask you this question. I'm not a fan in a slide deck of company history. Like, I feel like most people don't mm. give a hoot about my company history. So I kind of pull that out. I don't use it much. But how do you feel in a slide deck? Do you feel like there should be company history in a slide yeah, deck? I, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I, I do not put company history in the slide deck. That's something that you can talk about in, you know, literally in a couple minutes or a couple of sentences, you can, uh, <laughs> you can have that conversation with somebody. Yeah. Um, but what but do you I, I do like, what do you think is important? Um, go ahead. Yeah. Keep it short and sweet. Like I, I'm a big fan of the one, one or two page, uh, deck, if you mm-hmm. will. I know that's not a deck, but it's mm-hmm. a one cheater, um, that gives you the information. And then I, there was a keynote that, that I heard a while ago, uh, that really kind of changed some of my philosophy on this. It's like, like, you know, for all of your customers, what are the two or three most important questions that you get asked all the time? Mm-hmm. And if you can answer those questions or have some sort of verbiage on those questions on your deck or slide sheet, it's going to help you cut through the clutter. My two or three questions have always been, you know, what's your price and what do they sound like and how educated are they in, in the service that I need? Right. And answering those three questions has helped me kind of cut through that clutter, make the conversation short, sweet, precise, and what they want. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think a lot of times that um, we think that we need this big, long presentation. And what I find is that most people just want us to cut to the chase. Like like you said, what's the price? What do you got? And are you relevant to me? Do you know what I need? <laughs> Yeah. And a lot of that is based around recommendation based selling. So, uh, Tiffany, you know, obviously your company probably has a template or some protocol. So obviously do what you're told as it relates to that. Um, But I think that's some pretty good thoughts Uh, from a couple of guys have been doing this a long time. So Tiffany from uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, thanks so much for your for your question. Um, All right. uh, Good thoughts, Mike. Um, Brian from Sydney, Australia. Hey, Brian. Um, Brian with a Y from Sydney, Australia. Thanks for listening. We've got some, some clients and friends uh, down in, in, in Sydney. Here's his question for us, Mike. I'm getting mixed messages from my sales manager. One day he says to prospect more, and the next day he says to send out more proposals. I'm trying to do what I'm told, but it seems like the sales plan keeps changing. Any advice, please, exclamation point, exclamation point. Um, hey, Mike, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll grab this one and then I'd love to get your feedback yeah. uh, on it. So, Brian, just like I said, just said to Tiffany, first and foremost, you really need to do what you're told um, unless you're not looking to be uh, employed there uh, very long. But I really encourage you, Brian, to really kind of just take a take a step back and take a deep breath and then just recognize the position that most sales managers are them. They're being beat down from the top. And I mean that in all sincerity. They're being beat on. Uh, and I know that sounds really aggressive, so don't anyone send me any hate mail because I'm sure there's no physical abuse. At least there shouldn't be. 
they're being beat on on a regular basis from their boss. Why not this? Why aren't you doing this? We should be doing this. Let's do this. And so what they're doing is trying to buffer as best they can, but still try to do what their boss is telling them to do. So one of the things I have done many times is I'll pull my, let's just say, Brian, you are my supervisor and, and I'm confused. I'll pull you aside and say, Brian, first start with a positive. Hey, Brian, I like working for you. I like working for this company. But if I could just be honest with you for a minute, I'm just a little confused. I want to do a great job for you, but the instructions I'm getting are just a little confusing. Can you give me some clarity? And and just re- keep reemphasizing you like working there. You're not complaining. You just want to do a great job for him and or him or her. And um, and that'll really help you get some good, you know, information from that person. I would also say, Mike, in the end, if you can't get clear answers, if you've tried really hard to, to, to make it work, then maybe it's just not a compatible culture, you know, for you. Um, and so maybe a time that you have to look for something else. But I'd encourage you try to, you know, to potentially try to fix it. Hey, Mike, what are yeah. your thoughts? I know that you've had uh, some bosses uh, in your time. Uh, what, what's your thoughts for Brian? Yeah, my thought would be um, kind of creating your pipeline uh, mm-hmm. of numbers. In other words, hey, if it takes me 40 cold calls to send out 20 uh, informational pieces mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that 20, I get 10 appointments and from those 20 or those 10 appointments, I get five proposals and I close two of those. Mm -hmm. Um, if you can have good confidence in those numbers and go back to your boss and say, Hey, I get it. Here's where I'm at in the pipeline. I'm making these cold calls right now. So I'm trying to get to these. I just sent out these 20 emails and I'm trying to get to the five proposals that I'm going to send out. Right. So I think that would be a good way of going back to your boss and say, this is where I'm at in my sales cycle. This is who I'm contacting right now. These are how many proposals I've got out. And within the next week, my target is to send out five more proposals. Right. I think once, if you have that sort of methodology and if you have that type of uh, feedback to your boss, I think any boss, you know, would go, okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Brian, you know what you're doing, mate? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, exactly. I think the the biggest key that I'm taking away from what you said, uh, Mike, and that is there's a lot of self reporting that sometimes you need to do, especially if you sense that your boss is kind of frantic or kind of all over the place. Some people are just like that. So you don't want to feed into that. You want to try to give them as much stability as you can and just recognize that one of your jobs as an employee is to manage up. And when someone told me that, you know what I'm talking about, Mike, when someone told me that a long time ago, they said, you have a responsibility, Ryan, to manage up. And that is to recognize how you can help your boss be the best person that they can be or be the best boss that they can be. And that's your responsibility to manage up. And once I realized that, I realized that I could dramatically influence and impact the the people that were above me. And then as they moved on, they pulled me with them into higher roles. Uh, really yeah. as well. What have you kind of learned? That's I know that you good. know what I'm talking about, Mike, about managing up. Is there anything you've learned over the course of time about managing managing up? I mean, I'll even tell you this morning, I, I was on a call with uh, somebody on my sales team and we were talking about where are you at we, you know, with uh, sending out proposals and, and how many prospects. And, and we came down to some of these pipeline numbers that we were talking about. And also, like, okay, where where am I swimming? Like, what pool am I swimming in? Right. And there might not be any good prospects in that pool. Like, you know what? Let's change pools and let's go swim somewhere else where we yeah. think we can yeah. no, catch for sure. something. Yeah. So, um, but good. yeah, and uh, people that don't get back to you, like, 
uh, if you're a sales manager and you're not hearing from your sales rep, not just, hey, here's the wins that I had, but you know, here are all the things that I'm doing. Man, as a sales manager, boy, that makes you feel good. Yeah, no, great. Yeah, everything that you do, everything you can do to support uh, your superior um, is a good effort for the rest of the salespeople. And sometimes I'll get together with the other folks on the team and just say, hey, what can we do to make you know Bonnie's life better? What can we do to make you know John's life better um, as a manager and just help them you know really help themselves? So uh, Brian, uh, I, you know I've got a lot of clients and, and friends uh, in Australia from the work that um, that I do there. And I think that uh, that'll translate uh, to Australia uh, really well. So Orlando from New Mexico, Tiffany from MSP, and Brian from Sydney. Uh, we appreciate uh, your questions. Hey, friends, keep them coming. Send your questions in, ryan at ryandorn.com, D-O-H-R-N. And uh, we'll be sure to uh, throw those up as quick as we can uh, here uh, into uh, the podcast. Hey, Mike, what are some projects you guys are uh, working on uh, down, in, uh, down at Open Look? What are some things you're doing? Uh, we've got a lot of audience development work that is ramping up for this fall. Nice. Uh, so that that's been great. Um, a lot of design works coming in our way as well. So uh, yeah, we're busy as can be. I've never been busier. That's so great. that's been good. Awesome, awesome. Well, friends, reach out. To, uh, it's Mike at Open Look dot com. Mike at Open Look dot com. And uh, Mike loves to strategize. Uh, about what he can do um, from an outsourcing perspective to really help you and your business be the very best they can be. So, uh, Mike, uh, as always, thanks so much for uh, answering questions and uh, hanging out, spending a little time with us. Dude, my favorite part of the month is always talking to the great Ryan Dorn. I appreciate that, Mike. All right, friends, uh, on a more serious note, um, if you remember earlier in the podcast, I mentioned I'd give you uh, some helpful uh, tips and information uh, where you could find some help. If you happen to be uh, somebody that's struggling with your mental fitness, Never, ever be afraid to reach out for help. Never be afraid to reach out for help. Uh, one of the websites, uh, suicidepreventionlifeline.org, suicidepreventionlifeline.org, and then also the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, 800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255. And friends, that's the show for this month. We sure appreciate you. And I got a special offer for all of you. If you decide to attend the Super Niche Conference, September 14 through 16 in Denver, going to be amazing. Uh, 28 sessions, four keynote speakers, all about niche media, sales training, publishing, all kinds of great stuff, event planning. When you check out over at nichemediaevents.com, nichemediaevents.com, put in the discount code box podcast, podcast, and that will save $200, $200 off the price of uh, the registration. Podcast is that promo code over at nichemediaevents.com. Hey, so even though I now own the Super Niche Conference, I'm still training like crazy. I'm working with about 200 different salespeople every single month and love to work with you as well in a virtual training environment or come to your office live. I've got the vaccine. I already had COVID and the vaccine, so I'm double trouble. Uh, right there. Reach out to me, Ryan at RyanDorn.com. Always to help. Uh, always happy to help all of you. All right. Don't forget, friends, if ad sales was easy, everybody would be doing it. And they're not. So we're either crazy, <laughs> which is totally possible, or we found a career, friends, that will feed our families for a lifetime. All right. Head over to 360AdSales.com if you want to uh, hear more about what we do uh, for people just like you, webinars and all kinds of free advice and stuff like that. All right, the next podcast straight ahead, all kinds of advice on new business development. So stick around and stay close for that. All right, friends, we will see you next month. God bless. Get out there and sell something. Bye-bye.